0: Dr. Mingus.
1: Captain Mitchell.
0: You're where you belong. Make us proud. Of you. It's been an honor flying with you. Each one of you represents the best of the best. This is a very specific mission. My choice is a reflection of that and nothing more.
2: Choose your two Foxtrot teams.
0: Payback and Fanboy. Phoenix and Bob. And your wingman. Rooster.
1: The rest of you will stand by on the carrier for any reserve role that's required.
0: Dismissed. You give him hell! Sir! Sir! I. I just want to say. We'll talk. We get back. Hey, Bradley, Bradley. Hey.
3: You got this. Maverick.
2: Maverick? Hey, you with me? I don't like that look, man.
0: It's the only one I got. Thank you. If I don't see you again, Hondo, thank you. It's been an honor, Captain. Dagger one, up and ready on Catapult one. Dagger spare, standing by. Dagger four, up and ready. Dagger three, up and ready.
4: Dagger two, up and ready. Support assets airborne, strike package ready. Standing by for launch
1: decision. Send them. Try to get down to the sea And hotter, but the sisters of the sun are gonna rock me on the water now. Rock me on the water, sister. Will you soothe my fever? Breath? Rock me on the water, I'll get down to
3: the sea. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I open up with that scene from Top Gun Maverick. If you haven't seen it, where have you been? Where have you been? What a great, what a great, excellent movie. Um, you know, and, and the reason I use that, use that scene, and the, the reason I use that specific scene this week is we are one week from the 21st anniversary of 9-11. And it's sad, it's so sad to see we have voters that that weren't weren't old enough to to even understand what we what we went through twenty one years ago. It's so sad to see that so many people have lost have lost the uh the feeling that we had on nine twelve when our country was so united when uh we were hit by by terrorism and the biggest the the biggest attack, the biggest loss of life that we've had on on our soil in history. And, uh, from, a from a foreign, from a, a foreign enemy. Um, and to think, and, to, and remember how, how, how together we were as we went off to, to, uh, to fight against that enemy and take, take the, take the, uh, the fight to them on their soil and not on our soil. Remember, uh, you know, we don't want we don't want to fight. We don't want to fight those guys over here where lots of innocent uh, civilians will, will be killed, but we're going to fight them over there. So it's, so we're, so we can, we can fight them and, and not, and it's less, it's less deadly to our people. And today, today we seem to have lost, lost that, that respect for our military. We seem to have lost our, we seem to have lost our feeling of what America is and what we're about. Peace through strength. We're not strong anymore. You know, uh, that sit in that scene when, uh, when Maverick decides who's going with him and he tells, he tells rooster, Hey, you've got this. And he's saying, Hey, I have all the confidence that you're, that you're, that I chose you. You're the, you're the one who's going to be able to handle this the best. And it's a, it's a difficult mission. If you haven't seen the, the movie, you should watch it. Um, and then when he's sitting in the, he's sitting in his cockpit and, uh, and Hondo, says he doesn't like that, that, uh, Hey, I don't like that. Look, he goes, the only one I got, he goes, Hey, if I don't, if I don't see you again, thank you. You know, and that's, and that's how our military guys go bravely into, into the fight, knowing that they may not come home and, and, you know, w- willing to, willing to risk their lives and for our country today, our country doesn't appreciate the strength and the freedoms that, that, we have because of our, our military guys have, have laid down their lives for it. And it's just, I watched that. I've, I've, I saw it twice in the theaters and I've watched it three times on, on uh, prime and it just hit me the other day. And it said, just, just tore me up to watch the, the emotion in that scene of these guys are, Hey, we're going off. We don't know if we're coming back. And throughout and throughout the movie, they're talking about, Hey, this is going to this is going to be the the plan that's going to have the most success of the most the most uh the highest likelihood of success and then and then uh, uh Maverick Tom Cruise says and coming home and uh it's 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 just it would just hit me hit me hard as we go into 911 the anniversary of 911 and let's take let's take uh the next week to think about who we are as a nation and stop listening to the, the crap that comes out of our, out of our, uh, our media, the crap that comes out of our president, the crap that comes out of our, our leadership that are more concerned with diversity than competence. And it's just, it just amazes me. We have open border and all these people are coming across and everybody in the world knows the borders open and we have terrorists coming across Hey, you know, they don't come from Afghanistan or or Lebanon or or any any of those Middle Eastern nations. They they come across, they they fly from there to Mexico and then they just walk across. And we don't know who they are, where they're from, what they're up to. And we just let them across. And Biden administration doesn't have any concern with it. that song was uh, Jackson Brown. Rock me on the water from nineteen seventy two. Uh, and I, and you know, Jackson Brown's playing tomorrow night at the, uh, at the, or Saturday night I'm recording on Friday. He's, and I'll be there at, uh, the Pacific amphitheater. So if any of you are going, you see me, I'll be sitting on the fifth row in the orchestra pit. And, uh, if you recognize me, say hi, no, oh people look around you. The signs are everywhere. You've left it for someone other than you to be the one to care. You know what? Apathy. That song's about apathy in, in my eyes. And, uh, and we need to stop with the apathy and get, and get involved and get, and if we have a chance to save America, now's the time. We've got about 75 days till the, till the midterms. And it's so important that we vote and that we vote out everyone that has a D next to their name and that we, and that we support the, the MAGA, the MAGA movement. Because if we don't, if we as the MAGA movement don't, don't win, then the MAGA Democrats are going to win. And that's what we've been experiencing for uh, almost two years now. And it's, and we see with the result. So anyway, I'm going to talk about everything that's going on this week and my opinion of it. But before I do, let me introduce myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager, plant home lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855 640 2020. One last time, day or night, toll free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk about financing, you want to talk to someone who who thinks like you. Uh, if you don't want to talk to me on the phone just yet, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet Home Lending logo. That'll take you to my lending page and you can fill in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear from me or one of my talented teammates and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle, whether that's to buy a piece of property you'd like to own or refinance a piece of property that you already own, or if you'd like to get information on one of those reverse mortgage things that everybody's talking about, uh, we'll, we'll give you a little bit, little bit more money into your life, uh, into your budget, then, uh, then go to edhoffman.net, click on the Plan Home Landing logo. Um, if you're, also, if you're interested in, in properties that aren't California, I'm licensed in 25 states. So if you're moving somewhere, call me. I'll help you, help you get your financing there. If you hear any part of the show you want repeated, you can also stay on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. Uh, you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, subscribe for free, have it automatically download once a week to your device as we uh, I record Friday mornings. We upload on Friday afternoons and it'll download automatically shortly thereafter. And you'll hear it. You'll have access to it on demand whenever it's convenient for you. Uh, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. Okay, let's get on with what's going on this week. Uh, this week, we saw more evidence of a deep-seated corruption within the FBI, the agency that we're all supposed to trust unconditionally. In the past year, we've learned that their role in the engineering the violence on January 6th and concocting the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot. Uh, and, you know, while some people while some people may comment that, hey, we're, we're, spreading, we're spreading lies, these are facts. These are no longer what we suspect. These are facts. They've come out in court. People have come out and whistleblown on these people. It's all all out now. Now, thanks to a whistleblower within the organization, we have evidence the FBI was complicit in covering up the existence of Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. And of course, the idea was to keep it out of the news prior to the election. And why did they do that? Because the laptop showed just how corrupt Biden is. Not Hunter Biden, the crack-addicted son, but Joe Biden who'd been using his position as vice president to enrich his family for years, using his son as the middleman to make it happen. Remember, Joe Biden was in the in the Senate for over 40 years, and he was always known as, the, as the, the senator with the lowest net worth of anybody else in the Senate. Now he's a gazillionaire. wonder how that happened. There were swamp creatures in the FBI who didn't want the Biden family corruption exposed because that might prevent Papa Joe from beating Donald Trump on election day. This week, we got the names of two agents who led the cover-up. But first, let's go back to last month. On July 18th, Senator Chuck Grassley sent a letter to the FBI Director, Christopher Wray. Grassley's letter said, Highly credible whistleblowers had tipped off a senior Senate Republican that there was widespread effort within the FBI to downplay or discredit negative information on Hunter Biden prior to the 2020 election. We all saw it. We all talked about it. But... Everybody, nobody, nobody admitted it. The whistleblower said the two agents, Timothy Tebow, and that's not T E B O W like the football player, it's T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. Timothy Tebow and Brian Otten, A-U-T-E-N, were involved in a scheme to undermine derogatory information connected to Hunter Biden by falsely suggesting it was disinformation, which is why in October 2020, We heard a lot of this. Authorities are seeing if those emails we just talked about are connected to an ongoing Russian disinformation effort.
4: It is so obviously a Russian operation. Hunter Biden, this laptop uh, that intelligence Mm. officials have warned is likely Russian disinformation.
0: Ongoing Russian disinformation effort. Ongoing Russian disinformation effort. All of a sudden, two two and a half weeks before the election, uh, this laptop appears somehow.
3: And now we have Mark Zuckerberg himself admitting that the FBI told Facebook the Hunter Laptop story was Russian disinformation. And if and if you've ever been in Facebook jail, you know, disinformation is the magic word to get a story buried on the platform. And if you posted anything about Hunter Biden in 2020, you may or may not know that Facebook took steps to hide those stories from the news feeds. Here's Zuckerberg on the Joe Rogan podcast last week.
2: How do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial, like the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York yeah, Post? Yeah, we have that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? I mean, basically the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election, we have... It on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. If something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we we also have this third party fact checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was. False, Um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when Um, you say the distribution is decreased, it it got shared. How does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less, so fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely. By what percentage? I I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. But I mean, but basically a. a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, Obviously, this is a hyper-political issue, so depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country it's a like very professional law enforcement they come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something then I want to take that seriously when something like that turns out to be real is there regret for not having it evenly distributed and for throttling the distribution of that story evenly in that it's not suppressed it's not yeah some... yeah yeah I mean it's it sucks yeah it
3: sucks you know because uh you know we made sure that that the that the public was was shielded from knowing the truth. And it just remind it reminds me of something that happened to Harry with Harry Reid in two thousand twelve election.
0: Let him prove that he has paid taxes because he hasn't. So
4: no regrets about Mitt Romney, about the Koch brothers. Some people have even called called it McCarthyite.
0: Well, they call it whatever they want. Um, Romney didn't win, did he?
3: No, he didn't win. You know, you you put you put things in the, in the, in the headlines. And then when you, when you find out that they're, that they're false, then you, you run a retraction, you know, four days later on page 13 in the back of that back on the little, little paragraph, not on the front page. Don't put on the front page of the newspaper. Hey, we gave you a bunch of BS and it's all, was untrue. They put a little retraction on, on, you know, the back, you know, the, the second to the last page of section one in a little, little box on the bottom of the page where nobody sees it next to the ads and, uh, and that, and that suffices. So, you know what, Hey, it sucks that we, that we spread some misinformation. It sucks that we, that we, that we stopped the distribution of this. How much, how much was the distribution decreased? Well, it's meaningful. You mean like 90%, 90%. We let it, we let it go within the Republicans. So the people that knew were seeing it, we're seeing it go back up, but all the people that didn't know, all the low information voters that needed to know how corrupt Joe Biden was and how how he was how he was extorting money from the United States taxpayer fund, giving it to, to Ukraine and then funneling back into his own pocket through his son. All that stuff just didn't get dis- distributed to to uh, to people so they could so they could know, you know, and in face Facebook and Twitter and and Instagram, these are these are like the these are like the newspapers used to be. Because right now the newspaper businesses are are hurting because people don't read the newspaper so much because they see everything on the internet. But the one, the one, the one most common area where they where they see things, they took it down. And you know, hey, let's let's wait till after the uh let's wait till after the election and then we'll then we'll tell the truth. Well, the election's over by then. And while I don't believe while I don't believe that the election legitimately elected uh Joe Biden, but it's still the same the same concept that you the the damage the damage is done and I'll say this again like I said last week I don't I don't uh, I'm not giving Zuckerberg a a pass on this well the FBI told him Zuckerberg had his fingers in this election all over the place and Zuckerberg Zuckerberg is evil and he needs to be in the Gray Bar Hotel so in addition to feeding the media the FBI's Russian disinformation lie about Hunter Biden. Then going to Facebook and Twitter with the same lie, Tim Tebow intentionally changed the status of the Hunter Biden investigation in the FBI systems. From Chuck Gra- Grassley's letter, Tebow allegedly ordered the matter closed without providing a valid reason as required by FBI guidelines and subsequently attempted to improperly mark the matter in FBI systems so it could not be opened in the, in the future. Hmm, that's peculiar. I wonder who paid that guy off. So last week, Tim Tebow took an early retirement from the FBI and he was escorted out of the out of the field office on August 26th. Hmm, I'll take an early retirement because I'm going to get my butt fired and maybe uh, thrown in jail. I'll just take an early retirement to uh, to stop the uh, to stop the embarrassment. And of course, once you uh, sign your retirement papers, it's done as opposed to losing it if you get fired. But unfortunately, his resignation can't undo the damage that resulted from his efforts to hide the extent of Joe Biden's corruption from the voters. Here's Ron Johnson.
0: American public known the corruption of the Biden family and and Hunter Biden. Joe Biden would not be president. All these disastrous results of the Biden administration, Democrat governance, wouldn't have happened but for the FBI's politicization, their partisanship, and their suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop. Again, they had it. In December 2019, and did nothing with it.
3: Yeah, now we have now we have some liberals finally admitting that this is no small matter. Here's Bill Maher talking to his guest Rob Reiner. Was, Was it press-
2: appropriate
0: to bury the Hunter Biden? You're talking about the press doing that. He's saying that's what they did, and that is what they did. They buried the Hunter Biden story before the election because they were like, we can't risk having the election thrown to Trump. We'll tell them after the election. Well, and, and we know for a fact that that's what they did. Of course, you know, but I'm mean, saying you, gotta... you know for a fact that that's what they did. I don't know what they did. I know because you only watch MSNBC. No, that's <laughs> <not
3: true. laughs> yeah, I could do I could do a whole segment every week on the Bill Maher show. And, and I'll give you some history. I've probably said this on the radio more than once before. You know, I watch Bill Maher real time with Bill Maher. Um, I don't agree with most everything that Bill Maher uh, thinks or has thunk in the last, uh, in the last many years, but I think he's funny. And you know, if you can't, if you can't enjoy comedy, you can't enjoy people making fun of you and laughing about it. Then you're missing something. Um, I remember walking up to uh, the radio station uh, to, to record my show when we can, and, and uh, the previous uh, manager of the radio station was talking with one of the other guys that's on the radio talking about Bill Maher, what he says. And, and Brad goes, and he's not even funny. And I go, Oh yeah, Brad, he's funny. He's hilarious. He goes, I don't agree with, with the way he sees, sees the world, but he's hilarious. He's, you know, he's a smart guy and he has, yeah, he has funny insights. And, uh, and you know, while I don't agree with how he sees things, he is an intelligent person. Now, if you watch, if you watch Bill Maher real time with Bill Maher, he starts out with interviewing somebody and he, he starts out with his little monologue and he's hardcore, hardcore liberal. And then he talks to whoever his guest is. He's hardcore liberal. And then he gets with his with his uh, his panel, which is usually two or three different guests. And depending on on how the conversation goes, you see him morph into a conservative because common sense won't allow him to just to to ride the the liberal the liberal uh, uh, the the liberal mindset. And he starts he starts changing. And then by the time he gets to these new rules, which is the funny stuff, the funniest stuff. Um, his little m- monologue at the end, he's hardcore, he's hardcore conservative, and he's saying, Hey, you know, this stuff has to go. You saw him, uh, you know, he had Amy Klo- Klobuchar and R- Rob Reiner, and Rob Reiner talks like he's a really smart guy. And then you get, a, Oh, you know what he did? You know, you see, he's a typical, typical Jewish Democrat, you know, just hey, I'm Jewish, so I have to vote Democrat, so I have to believe all this stuff. Common sense doesn't make any, doesn't make anything, I don't watch anything. To uh, to use my own brain, I only just take the narrative and run with it, and I have a big microphone because I'm a star, so I do that. And of course, Amy Klobuchar, every time she gets she gets uh, painted into a corner, she goes, "Well, we have to let the Justice Department do its job," because she ran out she ran out of opinions, and of course, she's a senator, so there's only so much she can say. So I see Rob Reiner; he's a carbon copy of my sister in uh, in Pennsylvania. Completely uh, I asked her, I say, hey, so are you supporting a, the guy with half a brain left for a senator in Pennsylvania? She goes, Oh, why should I should vote for the, the TV doctor? I said, Well, you should you you shouldn't vote for someone that only has half his brain working. Anyway, that's a that's a Fetterman and Dr. Oz thing. But anyway, hey, I'm all out of time for this half of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes, traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and I'll be right back with lots, lots more.
1: Oh people, look among you. It's there your hope must lie. There's a seabird above you, gliding in one place, like Jesus in the sky. We all must do the best we can and then hang on to that gospel plow. When my life is over, when I stand before the Father. But the sisters of the sun are going to rock me on the water now Rock me, rock me on the water Sister, will you soothe my fever down Hey, rock me on the water Maybe I'll remember
3: Maybe I'll remember now And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Branch Manager Plan Home Lending. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio, but if you're thinking about real estate and financing it, you need to call me at 855-640-2020. Talk to someone who thinks like you and remember if you're uh, if you're looking at properties outside of California, these are the lists of the properties that we're uh, licensed in Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Georgia, New, uh Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, um, New Hampshire, Maryland, Kansas, Tennessee, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, um, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Montana. So if you're looking at if you're looking at getting out of California and you want some help, also I'll I'll uh, I'll let people know that uh, for those of you that are over sixty two that are thinking about a reverse mortgage, you can buy a house with a reverse mortgage. You don't have to buy it, finance it, own it and then refinance it with a reverse mortgage. You can actually buy it re- with a reverse mortgage. Um, if you want more information, 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Okay, hey, I'll, I'll just clarify something. Uh, when I was talked at the end, end of the part one, I was talking about uh, Rob Reiner being a typical Jewish Democrat. Just so you know, I was brought up Jewish. My whole family is Jewish, um, and I have a, and I have a, a unique perspective in that uh in in that i have family members that that see and and jewish people know if you're Ju- if you're jewish you're supposed to vote liberal you're supposed to vote democrat and there's a whole bunch of us a whole whole bunch of us that have that have ripped that have that have come that have come out of the ether and of course i'm i'm now a christian i became a christian when i was 23 but uh but um and I and I noticed I noticed the the difference between um, people in the people in the Christian church and people in the Jewish. It just it just seemed like they had a more more happier outlook on life. And uh, and I and I've said this before. I noticed as I as I got around more Christian people, I noticed that uh, you know looking back at my family, how dark and gloomy it was. And I say, hey, you know what? They built a McDonald's in Israel, and it's the never number one seller in the world of never happy meals. So anyway, um, just so you know, I have a perspective that uh, uh, that I'm not ranking on Jews. I'm hate. It's my whole family. It's my whole family. So anyway, so let's talk about let's talk about how Biden's been dividing America. The president who campaigned on bringing America together has apparently decided that the only way to help Democrats win the midterms is to keep te- tearing Americans apart. First, we heard he told he told donors at a closed door fundraiser on August, August 25th that the MAGA philosophy. Is semi-fascism, we're saying, hey. So semi-fascism, meaning that, hey, semi-dictatorship. I don't think any of the people in the MAGA in the MAGA movement feel like we're going to do anything that Donald Trump says. We just say, hey, he's the strongest leader. He's the strongest leader we have. We watched him. Turned America around in, for four years while the Democrats were trying to, uh, to sabotage him. We saw, what's, we saw what happened. We want that America back that we had two years ago. Well, minus the COVID. This week, he took the thoughts public at a speech in Pennsylvania on Tuesday. Biden blasted those of, who have become skeptical about the FBI. You know, that law enforcement agency that actively covered up his family's longstanding corruption.
0: But now it's sickening to see the new attacks on the FBI threatening the lives of law enforcement agents and their families for simply carrying out the law and doing their job. (laughs) Look, I want to say this as clear as I can. There's no place in this country, no place for endangering the lives of law enforcement. No place. None, never, period. I'm opposed to defunding the police. I'm also opposed to defunding the FBI.
3: Of course, he's opposed to defunding the FBI. Without them, he'd probably be in jail. And uh, so, so, you know, I haven't heard anybody talking about harming the FBI or, or police officers. I haven't heard that from anybody except for the Black Lives Matter movement back in the summer of 2020. I haven't heard anybody talk about that. So what the hell is Biden talking about? I'm not sure. And he sarcastically attacks supporters of the Second Amendment. For those
0: brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about shaping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need a something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use that's used to
3: provide this. And who are they shooting at? Shooting at these guys behind me. Really? Really? You know, if if you want to fight a country, you need an F-15. Well, I don't know that we're you know, we're fighting within a country. We're fighting within a country. And you know what I, I have to I have to wonder. I have to wonder if it got to that. Would our military actually back up back up the uh the this administration if it came down to a revolution and uh Americans fighting against Americans? I have to wonder. Cause you know what the Democrats will do. They'll, uh, they'll hide, they'll hide in their, in their, in their bathrooms and, uh, just close, close the door and lock it and just shiver. Please let me live. Please let me live. They won't fight for anything. They'll say stuff, they'll protest, but when it comes down to fighting, they won't fight. So, uh, silly Americans don't, we know guns are only for government agencies, you know, like the IRS, As you know, the Inflation Reduction Act will enable IRS to hire 87,000 new agents. Right now, they're hiring at least 300 criminal investigation agents at the IRS that we know of. According to the job posting, those agents are required to carry firearms. The job posting for the position includes a requirement that applicants be licensed to carry a firearm. And at first, it also said the agents should be willing to use deadly force if necessary. But on, you know, the IRS... Willing to use deadly force, the Internal Revenue Service. These are bank people. But on August 12th, the word spread on, as the word spread on social media about this job posting, the IRS quietly removed the deadly force language from the announcement. Let's do a quick fact check. The social media posts say that all 87,000 agents will be hired because of the Inflation Reduction Act will be carrying guns. Okay. In reality, it's only about two thousand plus criminal investigations unit agents who actually carry. But I didn't know any IRS agents carried carried guns. Did you? I mean, they have the power to to go into your bank account. They have the power to call your employer and take all your pay. They have the entire to destroy your life. They have the power to destroy your life at at for any reason or no reason. What do they need guns for? Here's more info on the IRS longtime love affair with guns. And this is an excerpt from a from a site called the National Real Estate Post.
4: Over a two-year period, IRS agents fired their guns accidentally more times than they did intentionally, some of which may have resulted in property damage or personal injury. Accidents are supposed to be reported to the National Criminal Investigation Training Academy. However, more than one-third of these were not properly reported. That's according to an audit from the Treasury Inspector General for the Tax Administration, which additionally reveals that agents who accidentally fired their guns did not receive any special follow-up training. So what training do they receive? Quote, special agents for the IRS are required to have handgun training four times a year, shoot a minimum of 75%, on a qualifying test, participate in firearms building entry exercises, and attend briefings on safety and how to shoot a gun from a moving vehicle. I'm sorry, did they say shoot a gun from a moving vehicle? With all this information, just how did our legislators respond? Well, they passed the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which allots $80 billion to the IRS, a six-fold increase of their current budget, with more than half of that earmarked for enforcement. A 2018 report published by the Government Accounting Office states that by the end of 2017, the IRS had amassed nearly 4,500 guns and more than 5 million rounds of ammo. In fact, between 2010 and 2017, the IRS spent on average $675,000 a year on ammunition. But wait, there's more! It appears that they've accelerated their spending spree recently. In just the second quarter of 2022, the IRS purchased another $700,000 of ammo. It's almost like they know something. Thing that we don't. So they've shown us their level of competence with weapons, but by all
3: means, let's give them more guns. Yeah, you know what? Um, what do they know that we don't know? What is a, what is getting ready to happen? They hired eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents, and and I'm not and I'm not a I'm not against the IRS having more people if they're going to do some enforcement um but eighty seven thousand you know they're they're saying that they're we're spending eighty billion dollars on this because we want to go after the people that aren't paying their fair share. There's only seven hundred and eighty four billionaires the uh the supposed targets of this there's only seven hundred and eighty four billionaires in the whole country who are the who are the rest of those uh billionaires? 80, uh, 80, 86, 000, uh uh, agents, who are they going to audit? Oh, maybe they're going to double up. So maybe there's uh, only 85,000 uh, in there. What are they going to do now being a lender? And I look at people's tax returns all day long and I pre-qualify you guys that are self-employed and I will agree that people cheat on their taxes, but you know what? It's not the rich people that cheat on their taxes. It's the people that fly under the radar. You know what? Uh, people go, well, Hey, you know, I'm self-employed. So Uh, Of course, I I don't show any of my income. Well, just because you're self-employed does not mean that you have to do that. That you're not supposed to show your income. You're supposed to show your income. You're able to write off legitimate legitimate expenses, but people take it way beyond. The big corporations, they're not cheating because they have teams and teams of of CPAs that are that are taking every legal option, every legal uh, loophole that they can, because that's why the law exists. And that's, and that's smart business, and it's not against the law. It's the people that are flying under the radar that will get away with it as long as they get away with it. And someday the IRS comes back. And I'll tell you things that, that the IRS should be looking at um, besides this. On top of that is the PPP. I know so many people that took PPP loans, not because they were hurting from, from COVID, but they, because it was, quote, unquote, good business. Good business. Hey, they're giving us money, and we don't have to pay it back. That's good business. Well, it's not honest business, not ethical business. And people that said, hey, all I had to do is sign a thing saying I'm going to pay my employees for the next four months. Yeah, you're paying your employees anyway because you're busier than ever. I know uh, one guy in Texas said his, he had a friend that's a, a contractor building houses. All his people are working outside, pounding nails and hanging drywall and, and uh, doing that. And he got $3 million PPP. All he had to do is say, he's paying his employees. Well, he's building houses as fast as they can build them. This is huge. The second thing I would do is have them go back to the, all the, all the short sales and have all the banks, all the banks from uh, that, that uh, did short sales on, uh, that took, took it in the butt, you know, as far as uh, reducing their, their debt and writing off all this debt that was owed to the banks. And because the values of the houses went down, go back and pull title on all those houses and every, every single person who sold that went back on title, go back and get, get your equity. So it's, uh, it's, it's ugly. It's ugly how how corrupt our country is, but it's, uh, you know, as I, as I, as I've said, and I say it in my book, uh, I heard uh, Alan Greenspan speak back in 2008 and somebody asked him, you know, what do you do to prevent 2008 from happening again? He said that, that, uh, that corruption, Corruption is part of our, is part of our, our society of a free society. The only way to get rid of the corruption is to get rid of the freedoms that we have, because as long as, as long as we have these freedoms to, to, uh, to be who we are in America, there's always going to be someone who's going to take advantage of the, of the, of the rules and use it to their advantage. And, uh, it's sad that more of our country isn't more honest. But don't let the Democrats tell us it's the MAGA. It's the MAGA Republicans that are the problem. The problems are the MAGA Democrats. All right. So uh, Biden's speech on Tuesday wasn't his only play for the midterms this week. On Thursday night, we got a primetime address from the divider in chief, the fight for democracy in America and the continued battle for the soul of the nation from Philadelphia's Independence National Historical Park with dark red lights shining behind him and casting an eerie glow with the with uh, two Marines behind him, Biden amped up his angry tirade. Too much
0: of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country.
3: Well, you know and I watched this this boring speech. And, uh, you know, he's talking about how how the MAGA Republicans are such a threat to our democracy. He didn't mention the the open borders on the on the on the southern border of our country. He didn't mention the the gas the the gas prices in our country. He didn't mention the crime that's coming in with all the illegal aliens coming in and all the and all the uh, the wimpy uh, district attorneys that aren't prosecuting criminals. He didn't mention the the supply chain. He didn't mention any of that stuff. The only thing that's a threat to our country is is the MAGA Republicans. It's, uh, it's pretty disgusting, and it's, uh, and, it's, and, it, and it's pretty angering. Here's some more of it.
0: These are hard things, but I'm an American president, not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America, and I believe it's my duty, my duty to love with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers, to undermine democracy itself i will not stand by and watch i will not the will of the american people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories and baseless evidence-free claims of fraud i will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost
3: oh boohoo boohoo MAGA republic you know what MAGA republicans stand for free and fair elections. You know, not not uh, all mail in votes where there's all kinds of, and as he says baseless evidence. Baseless. There's lots of of lots of hardcore evidence that this election was fraud in 2020. Uh, how about free the free market free market economy where the government doesn't employ everybody, where the government gets out of the way of the free market so the free market can can uh, can thrive and create jobs. Uh sovereign borders where where you know if you're not here, you don't well, if you don't belong here, you don't get to come here without uh without at least signing the guest book on the way in. Uh law enforcement. You know what? We're not against we're not against cops or FBI. We're we're for law enforcement. But enforce the freaking laws for everybody. Uh safe streets. We wanna have we want to be able to go to the grocery store without having to carry a gun. Well, I don't want to have to have to, hey. My wife wants to go to the, the grocery store. I have to go with her because it's not safe for her to be out there. She's going to get carjacked, carjacked or, or mugged and uh, energy independence, energy independence. We don't want to we don't want to pay for uh, we don't want to pay six dollars a gallon for gas. And we certainly don't want to be told in California that we can't buy uh, gas powered engine uh, cars in in 12 years. And then then the, then we're then everybody's told you can't charge your electric car because it's going to take down the electric grid. What the hell? Is, there, is this common sense to you? If you're old enough to remember 1979 like I am, maybe this reminds you of the last resort primetime address given by a certain one-term president.
0: It is a crisis of confidence. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national world. The erosion of our confidence in the future is threatening to destroy the social and the political fabric of America.
3: Yeah, if you read my book, I uh, talk about I talk about this early in the book, and then uh, towards the towards the end, when I'm going through uh, the politics the politics chapters, I talk about uh, I talk about it in more detail uh, Carter's crisis of confidence and uh, how uh, and kind of kind of what we're going through now. Certainly, everyone's lack, lacks confidence in this country because of the, the leadership. And uh, so, get my book, Experience Matters. Here's mine. Uh, it's now on audiobook as well. So, anyway, uh, let's talk about Biden, uh, some more Biden magic strikes again. Remember back in June when Biden waved a wand to declare Americans are doing better financially because of his presidency, despite all evidence to the contrary. Now there are more dismal conditions being waved away like magic wand of the Biden administration, like the reality that more than one million migrants have been released into our country since Joe Biden took office. But Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says that's not happening at all. When Peter Ducey asks why unvaccinated tennis player Novak Djokovic isn't allowed to come here and play in the U.S. Open, but thousands of potentially unvaccinated migrants can walk across the border every day, here was her answer.
2: Somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane. You say that's not okay. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated. They're allowed to stay. But,
3: Why? But that's not how it works. Yeah. Like, we actually, no.
2: I know that that's not what you
3: guys want to happen, but that is what ha- what is happening. But that's not, it's not like somebody walks over and <laughs> that's not, that's, that's not exactly how. exactly what's happening.
2: We, well. Thousands of people are
3: walking in a day. Some of them. Turn themselves over. Some of them are caught. Tens of thousands a week are not. That is what is happening. And then there's the student loan forgiveness plan this week. We learned that it was Vice President Kamala Harris who pushed for Biden to do this as an executive action, despite being advised against it by the Secretary of the Treasury and, for what it's worth, his own wife, Dr. Jill Biden, who she doesn't care about uh, student loans because she's not really a doctor. From the New York Times. Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary and former Federal Reserve Chair, was one of the chief, chief skeptics among Biden's inner circle of top advisors. She, like others, worried that the economic effects of a giant giveaway could be profound, especially as the Federal Reserve struggled to keep inflation at bay. The idea being that freeing up consumer debt could drive up inflation even more. The First Lady was uncomfortable, too. Jill Biden had been a vocal about her husband's call for free community college, but she did not publicly endorse forgiving student debt. Not that we care what Jill Biden says. The debate continued slowly through the summer. Biden's senior aides would gather to discuss the issue, only to be told by the president to return again with more data on whom forgiveness would benefit. In the West Wing, Vice President Kamala Harris was one of the most persistent promoters of canceling student debt. The story goes on to describe how back in February, Harris had her staff list Biden's concerns about canceling the debt and then come up with talking points that would address each of those concerns. At some point, Chuck Schumer and Elizabeth Warren were roped in to meet with Biden as well. Ultimately, those were the people he listened to. And now that the deed is done and the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget has estimated that this will cost taxpayers up to a trillion dollars, Kamala Harris doesn't seem to know how she should properly defend it. So she too is waving the Biden administration's magic wand.
4: Specifically, it's putting the bill for student loan forgiveness. We haven't gotten a concrete answer from the administration yet. Well, let's start with this. First of all, uh, a lot of the same people who are criticizing what we rightly did in following through on a commitment that we made um, to forgive student loan debt uh, are the same people who voted for a tax cut for the richest Americans.
3: Yeah. Well, that's her. That's her standard standard protocol. And uh, doing what uh, doing the straw man argument, as uh, Bill Maher said last week, if you hadn't have a chance to see last week's show, it was a really good one. Go on YouTube and find it. Um, But the straw man argument. Hey, you know what? Hey, this isn't fair, but let's just use it. Hey, you know, we're we're lowering taxes for the rich people, but lowering taxes for the rich people are the job creators and the taxes freed up. For the the rich people and the corporations creates jobs, which creates raises and creates employment for everybody. It affects everybody who's involved in the economy. Whereas the student loans, I don't have a student loan. Why do I have to pay extra taxes for it? And most of you don't have student loans. You don't have to, why do you have to pay for the taxes of it? Uh, Pay extra taxes to pay for that. And you know, if you, what if you uh, sent your kids to college and you paid it off Democrats don't see things quite that clearly. Anyway, so keep that thought. I'm a out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, thanks for listening. My name is Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week.